you, if you can remember, again, like it's been five weeks, I think, five or six weeks that we started at the beginning of this summer a series I called Jesus On. And so we looked at all these, or what, what the goal is, is that we're looking at all these different situations, topics, circumstances, and saying, okay, when we look through the eyes of Jesus, what does he have to say on this topic? What does he have to say on this thing? And so uh, what I want to look at today is this idea of what does Jesus have to say on judgment? And what I mean by judgment is not necessarily um, what, when Jesus will judge us at the end of time and like when we go to heaven, but this idea of like how we look at people each and every day and judge them. That sort of judgment. That's the way I want to look a little bit. And so um, there's a book out there. I've, I've used another story from it, but um, it's a great book if you want to read it. I actually have not read the full book, but there's two stories I've read from it. That's why I use them. But it's called What's So Amazing About Grace by Philip Yancey. And this is the very first page that he, he writes this little story. And he says, A prostitute came to me in wretched straits, homeless, sick, unable to buy food for her two-year-old daughter. Through sobs and tears, she told me she had been renting out her daughter, two years old, to men interested in kinky sex. She made more renting out her daughter for an hour than she could earn on her own in one night. She had to do it, she said, to support her own drug habit. I could hardly bear hearing her sordid story. For one thing, it made me legally liable. I'm required to report cases of child abuse. I had no idea what to say to this woman. At last, I asked if she had thought of ever going to a church for help. I'll never forget the look of pure, naive shock that crossed her face. Church, she cried. Why would I ever go there? I was already feeling terrible about about myself. They just make me feel worse. And so this is the beginning of this this book he's writing, and it's all about grace. I I have read part that part where he pretty much lays out that life is about grace and Jesus is about grace. But it's like, I look at situations like that and you can get very drastic in some of these situations that it's like, okay, you know, we're looking at a situation that's this girl who's a prostitute and she's renting out her daughter. But but I, I just want to try to put you in the situation of this person as she's standing there talking to this guy. And immediately when he brings church up, there's this feeling that she knows she's going to be judged. Knows that if she walks through the door and people knew what she was involved in, she would be judged. It's just like, for instance, if somebody came down the hallway, they walked in this door, and they had um, muddy jeans on, uh, a ripped tank top, and like flip-flops, and we've never seen this guy before, probably, whether you want to or not, are going to make some type of judgment. You're going to look back there, and you're going to be like, oh, well, either this guy was rolling in the mud before he came here, or he's really struggling, or I don't know what she'd come to, but we would all probably judge them. I remember doing a message when I was at Southview, and it was all on judging people based on their appearance and how they looked and what they did. Um, and the famous verse in First uh, Samuel where he says, God doesn't judge the outward appearance, he judges the heart. And so what I did is I planted, so to speak, um, four or five people within the congregation that I told to wear what they would wear to work. So I got my brother to wear, he works construction, so he wore like his dirty um, pants and work boots and this like neon shirt. And then this other guy kind of did some construction type stuff. And so all these guys are out here and I watched during the fellowship time. 
that they still did at Southview. It was like, hey, get up, shake hands, and, and do all that. And so I'm watching during this whole time. And other than my family and the people that knew these people, nobody went up and said anything to them. And I got up on stage, and I was pretty harsh when I gave this message in general, but I looked at him and I said, I don't know what the reason is, but I'm pretty sure each and every one of you, when you got this time to go walk around and talk to these people, you made judgments about what they were wearing in the sanctuary, and so you weren't going to go talk to them. Because I bet you, if I put them in ties and suit jackets, and they came in, they would go up and maybe talk to them. But we just so often come into situations, see people, and we make these judgments that sometimes aren't always fair. I think the thing that tends to come up the most when I hear people talk about Christianity that don't go to church or are out there is that they're judgmental. They have their opinions about what they believe, and they're so judgmental on anything I believe. And I think in some ways that's true, in some ways that's wrong. But I think one group of people that I I probably am not going to talk a whole lot about, but you see it the most, which is very shocking, is the church people in the Bible. It's the Pharisees, it's the Sadducees, it's all these guys that are supposed to be the top religious people that people look to for guidance, for wisdom. They know the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, word for word. And yet they're the first ones to come upon sinners, tax collectors, and say, what the heck is Jesus doing? I love, I've used this verse a lot in Luke 15. He's about to tell the the three parables of the lost. So it's the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the prodigal son. And this is the first two verses of Luke chapter 15. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such despicable people, even eating with them. So Jesus somehow, I think in an amazing way, this is how I see that I do ministry, is he's gotten these unbelievers to sit around him, to come hear his teaching. Maybe just for a split second he can get through to their hearts so that they could come to a relationship with Jesus and you have the church people standing back going, does he know who he's hanging out with? I just saw that guy cheating that family out on their taxes. I saw that girl sleeping with a guy that's not her husband. Does Jesus, if he's really God, know how despicable some of these people are? And I've had to watch myself even as I've grown up and I go, I look at people and I go, well, there's no way they're a Christian. I've seen what they're doing. Or just by somebody's appearance, man, there's no way they got it together. We're just people who tend to bring judgment on other people and either don't take time to get to hear their heart, hear their story, and, and, and we just bring this judgment. A lot of times, as it says in 1 Samuel, we look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so what does Jesus have to say on this? What does Jesus have to say as we navigate judgment? How should we look at this? And so there's a story in John chapter 8 
that I want to take you to that we're going to talk a little bit about. But I think you've also got to see as we enter this story what Jesus has to say in Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19. Because this is what he says. Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the downtrodden will be freed from their oppressors, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Nowhere in there does Jesus say, I've come to help the very lowest of people come to be set free. Nowhere in there does Jesus say, well, as long as everybody gets everything together, I've come to set those people free. He said, no, no, no. I came to set the captives free. Those that are in bondage, that are tied up in sin, that have their own struggles, that have their own situations, I've come to set them free and give them an answer to a life that they can live freely. Not that there had to be a certain set of rules. And he also says in John chapter 12, verse 47, that I think this is a huge thing. But he says, If anyone hears me and, does not, or, and doesn't obey me, I am not his judge. Listen to this, because this is huge. For I have come to save the world, not to judge it. I mean, this is what Jesus says. He's in the middle of a conversation here in John chapter 12. He's anointed at Bethany, uh, an amazing story. Somebody comes and breaks this expensive bottle of perfume and, and anoints his feet and then wipes it with her hair and she's crying and all these great things. And then Jesus starts talking to these Pharisees that he's sitting with at that table and he's like telling them all these things and he says, obey these things, but I also came to save the world, not to judge it. And so know that as we're going into this story, that Jesus' heart was to come and save the world, not to bring judgment upon it. And He also doesn't want us following in the footsteps of the church people of that time. And so in the story of John chapter 8, it's a story you've heard before, probably, and I think I've even used it before in here, and so I'm not going to read the whole story, but it's the woman that's caught in the act of adultery. So in the cliff note version of this story they bring this lady in who's caught in the act of adultery let's just say you guys are all the, the people standing around you're listening to, to Jesus teach and all of a sudden these church people come through the door and they throw this girl in the middle of all of you guys and so this girl's sitting here and the, the church people look at Jesus and say okay this person was caught in the act of adultery this wasn't we heard this from somebody else she was caught in the act of adultery and Jesus is just standing there listening to these guys. And they say, well, in the law of Moses, teacher, this caught in the very act of adultery, the law of Moses says, stone her. What do you say? So immediately, these people see this person in sin. They say she's doing something wrong. And so they're trying to trap Jesus and say, okay, the law says that if she's caught in the act, then she's supposed to be killed. So either... Jesus is going to say, okay, go ahead and kill her and give them the opportunity to kill somebody. Jesus is going to be for killing somebody. Or he's going to go against the law, which is not right either, in the Pharisees' eyes. That's what they're trying to do. They're like, there's no way out. He has to pick one. But immediately they bring judgment upon him. 
Immediately they want judgment upon her. Jesus, make a decision about her because she's done something wrong, so she deserves to be judged. And Jesus the whole time navigates this in such a weird way, but he gets down and he starts writing. I don't know what he's writing. Different people have said different things. Sometimes people have said he's doodling. Sometimes people have said he's writing the sins of all the Pharisees and Sadducees that are there. I don't know what Jesus was writing. And I think that's why Jesus is so good, because he takes time to process and think instead of just immediately respond. And so he's, he takes time, and, and these people aren't going to let go. They're going to be like, hey, Jesus, we need a judgment. Come bring judgment upon her. Do something about what she's done. And so Jesus finally stands up, and he says, okay, you want judgment? If you have no sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. And one by one, they start dropping their stones, and they walk out oldest to youngest, it says. And Jesus looks up, and he says, where's all your accusers? She says, I don't know. And he said, well, I don't condemn you. I don't judge you. I don't fill in the blank. I don't look at what you've done and want to punish you. Go and live a different life. Jesus had every opportunity, being the all-knowing Father, to bring judgment upon her, to stand back and go, man, I can't believe she was caught in the act. And there's so many different situations like this. You look at the woman at the well, and she's been with five different guys, and the one she's with isn't even her husband. Jesus has every right to look at her and go, wow, what the heck are you doing? But it seems in every situation, including this situation, he has no judgment. What he sees is somebody that is so desperate to look for fulfillment and they're looking in the wrong places. That they just want something that will satisfy their souls and it doesn't. Jesus looks past what they're involved in and he says what their heart desires is me. I think that's why Jesus doesn't judge like we do on the outside. How people dress, the the decisions they make, the actions they make. I think it's because Jesus looks at their heart and he sees truly what they're searching for. It's not that they want to. It's just that they're so confused thinking this is going to bring satisfaction and it won't. So when Jesus looks at these people, he, he looks like in Matthew Um, Chapter 9, I believe it is. Trying to remember, I used this verse yesterday. But I think it's Matthew chapter 9, 36, I want to say, in there. Um, He looks at the crowd, and they're like sheep without a shepherd. And he has such a compassionate heart, a loving heart, because he looks at these people and he goes, they have such pain and suffering they're carrying. And I know the answer, but they don't always choose me. And so they're lost. They don't know where to go. And so what I think Jesus has to say on judgment is that it's not our place. If Jesus has every right to judge the woman in adultery, caught in the act of adultery, and doesn't, then what makes it think that it's our right to judge people too? It seems that all the times that Jesus navigates his life, Never does he bring judgment upon people. It's always the church people who do. 
And so when I see Jesus' life lived out, I see somebody that looks at people with such a caring heart, with such a loving heart, and he looks at where they're going, not what they've done. And I think that's what we need to do as followers of Jesus, is not look about how these people look, the decision they're making, but getting into their soul and going, what are you really searching for? What is the desire of your heart? Because nine times out of ten, it's not necessarily the thing they're pursuing. There's something that's unfulfilled that they're trying to use this thing to fulfill it with. And so it's not our job to judge them. There's a scene in the movie, I've shown it a lot when I talk about judgment, um, that a uh, movie that came out a, a little while ago, it's called The Shack. And there's a scene in there, it's one of the best scenes um, that's helped me kind of understand judgment, is uh, the guy goes, um, and I'm not going to tell the whole story of the whole movie, but this guy goes, his daughter's gotten taken, and he goes in and he says he wants, to, he wants this guy that, that took his daughter and killed her to, to have judgment. And so wisdom he's talking to, and wisdom says, okay, go ahead. Go ahead and bring judgment upon him. You be in charge. So she starts putting all these things like on the movie up on in front of him, and he says, okay, so you probably agree that we should judge the guy that killed your daughter, other murderers, um, adulterers, whatever. He says, yes. Then they start bringing up his childhood and how he was abused, and he says, okay, so we should also judge abusers, um, all these other people she starts listing. He says, yes, to hell. Then wisdom comes up, and he brings his other two children in front of him. And wisdom says, okay, one of them you have to choose to go with you to heaven, the other one you can't. And he sits there and he says, I can't. I can't do it. And she said, well, you got to judge. You wanted the seat. One of them you got to choose. And he gets up and he says, take me instead of my kids. And that's exactly what Jesus did when he died on the cross for you and for me, is that he said, I will take the wrath and the judgment of God for the sins of the people so you don't have to. And that you can live an everlasting life. So what makes us think that we can judge people when we're not even the ones that can make a decision about judgment, even when those situations are tough? We weren't meant to be the judges. We were meant to receive the love of the Father, to be in a relationship with Jesus, to look at people how the Father looks at people and going, man, do you see their heart? I think we get so lost so many times when it comes to these situations and we go, we're so focused that this person um, is involved with girl and girl relationship or a guy and guy relationship and homosexuality and this person's an adulterer and this person does drugs and this person is watching pornography, and this person drinks alcohol, and we're so concerned about that that we start bringing judgment. Well, their heart's not open. They just want to pursue sin. How do you know? Maybe they're just looking for a place to be satisfied, and that's where they want to go because they think that will do it. But we bring a judgment. Well, they don't know Jesus. And I'm not saying that all these people know Jesus. 
I'm just saying we bring so much as the Pharisees where we stand back as Jesus has got all the sinners around him and going, I can see it in Jesus' eyes as he's got these sinners around him. you got these Pharisees back here, the church people going, what is he hanging out with these people for? And Jesus is just going, but do you see that their hearts are probably even more open than yours? I wish Jesus would say some things like that. Throw it back in the Pharisee's face. They're open enough to come sit around me while you sit back and judge. I think the problem is not that the Pharisees and Sadducees don't understand judgment. I don't think they understand God's love. And when you truly understand the love of the Father that He has for each and every person, you wouldn't bring judgment because just look back at your own life. I look back on my story. Why do I have any right to judge anybody with the decisions I've made, the sin I've had? Leave it to God. Be the heart of God to each and every person to not be judgmental. Don't continue to add to the the, uh, culture motto when you talk about Jesus or church, and they go, those are judgmental people. What would it be like if we saw people in here that we knew were involved in some crap, but they even had the courage to walk through the doors and maybe, just maybe, meet Jesus? That's where my heart is. I don't want to judge people. I want to show them love, no matter where they're at in life. Makes me think, and I'll, I'll close here. When I was at uh, Southview, when I first came, I had never talked to, Mark was there at the time. I, I'd never gone to that church other than for Wiffle Fest, so I knew nothing about Southview. And so he calls me because somebody gave him my name as he was looking for a youth guy, and I just kind of gotten to the end of college, and they're like, hey, this guy's looking to do some youth ministry. And so he called me, and so I met him out at the mill in Bueller's, and he talks about it all the time when, I, when he first met me. But they, if you've been to Southview, they're very, very, very um, Republican and very, very much like put together in some ways. And so I walk in, never met this guy before. I've got long hair. I've got my earrings in. And I'm kind of wearing, you know, I don't remember exactly what I was wearing, some type of raggedy type clothes, if you want to say, probably ripped jeans and a T-shirt. And I sit down with him, and I can see on his face, I can see on his face, he goes, oh, no, not this guy. And so we have our conversation. It went really well. Obviously, I worked there for two or three years, so it wasn't a big deal. But he goes back on that. He told me this right before he left. He said, I remember when you sat down with me, and immediately when I saw you come around the corner, I said, he's not going to work. And imagine if he just went off his judgment before he got to know me. He may have been okay that he passed on me. He may have been disappointed that he passed on me once he saw my heart. I don't know. But I think that's so many times how we look through the eyes as like Mark is when when we come around the corner and we see these people and we get, nope, that's not going to work. They're not going to know Jesus. They're just doing whatever they want. And just imagine if you were just like Mark in a good way, and even though you said that at the beginning, you still sat down with them, got to know their heart and said, it's not my place to judge. Leave it to Jesus and show people the love of God.